2: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Curzon Film Podcast. This week we'll be discussing John Carroll Lynch's first film and Harry Dean Stanton's last film, Lucky. I'm Sam Howlett and as luck would have it, I'm fortunate and serendipitous enough to be favoured and any other synonyms for lucky like I couldn't think of to be joined by Kelly Powell. Hello. Ryan Hewitt. Hello. And making his pod debut, Curzon's theatrical marketing manager, Mark Towers. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Hello. Uh, So if you have any thoughts on Lucky, do not hesitate to let us know at podcast at com or tweet us at Curzon Cinemas. In one of his final on-screen roles, Harry Dean Stanton plays Lucky, a cantankerous, self-reliant 90-year-old atheist who, having outlived and outsmoked all of his contemporaries, finds himself at the precipice of life, thrust into a journey of self-exploration leading towards that which so often unattainable enlightenment. Directed by John... Carol Lynch and with a supporting cast that includes David Lynch, Ron Livingston and Ed Begley Jr. Lucky is at once a love letter to the life and career of Harry Dean Stanton as well as a meditation on mortality, loneliness, spirituality and human connection. Uh, and I wanted to start with a quote by Harry Dean Stanton that he said in an interview a few years ago, I only eat so I can smoke and stay alive. <laughs> uh, and also the film's written by his friend and his former assistant. It's their first screenplay, right. so I think whatever else the film is about, I think is first and foremost about Harry Dean Stanton. Oh yeah, it was written Absolutely.
3: for him. Yeah, they've said explicitly yeah. it was written for him uh, as a love letter to him, um, and it was uh, <laughs> I think just ar- like a ho- horrible irony that he happened to this was his last role, you know, but. Uh, even John Carroll Lynch has also said that it was meant to be a a love letter, and not a swan song, right. um, and unfortunately that's how it, it happened. But um, but yeah, they wrote it they wrote it for him mm. specifically to celebrate as a celebration of his life and career, um, and also his talent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it is a perfect
2: swan song.
3: It is, yeah.
2: It nonetheless, is. right?
3: Mm.
1: Probably the most yeah. perfect swan that
2: he's ever had. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I heard I read yesterday that he, he never got to see it because he always wanted to wait until it was actually out in the cinema to oh go no. and see it rather than go to like a preview or to go to like a special press, uh, cast and crew screening. But um, anyway, I think let's go in talking about how, you know, every Harry Stunt film has led to this film in a way. Mm. Uh, just talking about his career in general and how... How perfect it is that this is the film that caps that off. Like uh what do you guys think of Harry Dean Stanton? What kind of films do you do you come to your mind when you think of his career? Alien. Alien. Alien.
1: Alien. Oh. I always the first thing I saw of him was Alien. Yeah. Like, oh I remember seeing him in Yeah, yeah. it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's a, a he's alien. the cat in the cat scene, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's how he bites it. Yeah. He's, he's the that. first to bite after John Hurt, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh And know he's got a very memorable face, which I think because he's obviously, I think even people who don't know who he is, and that's one of the great things about Lucky is I think it's showing it's putting a a face to the name just in time for some people, which is... Um, that he's one of those people that someone always recognises. His face gets etched into your brain. Yeah. And even me, I watched that film way too young. Ian, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> my dad showed it to me when I was eight or nine or something. And his face just got face of uh, it's that baseball cap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he takes it off and like, he
2: gets the water drips in his head. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the
1: space trucker look. You know? yeah. yeah, he's <laughs> ideal for a
2: space trucker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: one of the main films I think of is Repo Man. Mm. Just because it's one of my favourite films okay. and it embodies that kind of rebelliousness that I, I associate with Harry Dean Stanton. He's sort of almost a, a quiet rebel. He's not yeah, the kind yeah, of rebel yeah. who's gonna get in your face and ruin your day. But he is my way and I'm not <laughs> interested in anyone else's way and I do things yeah. I do things my way. And yeah. uh, I think that he is that in repo man. He's just so he's got that wisdom's coming through as well at that point. He's just a wise character. Mm. Mm. That continues through the rest of his career, and particularly in Lucky.
3: Yeah. Well, for me, it's Paris, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of my favorite, all time favorite films. Mm. Um, and he's just incredible in it. Um, and such a memorable performance. Mm. Um, and there's lots of similarities, I think, between that film and this film. And, uh, you know, it is kind of, you know, working with film vendors, it was supposed yeah. to be the sort of turn of his career as a leading man, you know. Uh, and he himself has said that that uh, he thought that that would be the role that, to change, you know, his, the way that his career sort of went. But unfortunately, he wasn't lucky enough <laughs> in that sense. Yeah,
2: and I remember when he died, there was loads of stories about he turned down a lot of big roles just because he kind of couldn't be bothered. Not couldn't be bothered, <laughs> but he was. There was one quote from him where he's like, "From huge part in this really big TV show." Uh, they didn't say what the TV show was, but he said an interview like, "I could have done it, or I could have just done nothing for a few months." and I decided I'd actually rather just do nothing for a few months. <laughs> yeah, he was a, he's yeah. an
3: interesting character. I, I listened to a very long interview uh, on the WTF podcast with him mm. uh, a while ago, which was incredible. If you get a chance to listen to it, It's a really insightful interview because he doesn't do. It's, he's notorious for not doing yeah. like long interviews uh, mm. to in, like introspect introspective. Um, but uh, but he did say that that was a movie that that he thought was gonna be, I don't know. He wanted people to see it maybe in a different light. Uh, mm. But he was also very specific about the things that he did yeah, choose. Yeah. Like he he wanted to be in control of uh, his career. But um, just things didn't didn't work out in a, in a way that I think he thought they were going to. Um,
0: but I yeah. think what you say about his reluctance to do interviews is partly what makes Lucky such a treat because mm. it feels, in a sense, it feels like a massive interview. And he's telling all these mm. anecdotes so about his yeah. life. Enough of those stories that he tells in the film we know are true. Yeah. It's about his service in the Navy. Mm. That you can assume that all of the anecdotes are possibly like yeah. Harry Dean yeah. Stanton's anecdotes, even ones we haven't heard before. And he goes through his whole life, yeah. his childhood in Kentucky, right through... T- to like where he is now. Yeah, yeah. was true. Yeah, tells
1: this story about uh, it's a mockingbird, I think.
0: Yeah, oh, and yeah. yeah. Like,
1: That could easily just be written because it's a really nice kind of symbol, or it could be straight out of his life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, I know yeah. if someone asked me to place a bet, I would have no way, which way, <laughs> yeah. no idea which way to go. Which That's, is not, I I
0: would totally say it's real.
1: Yeah, well, we we it's definitely Kentucky
0: And. He grew up in Kentucky. Yeah. just seems like the little clue you need to know that it is something that Harry Dean stands Sand- in. But then the whole thing about everything that's said in, in Lucky is there's that key line where he says, something to the effect of a story isn't truth. Do you remember
1: that
3: line? Yeah, he's
2: got this long kind of... What are you saying? My
3: truth is not your truth, or something uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, like, because the whole thing is like, what yeah. you see is what you get. Exactly. Like realism, because like you see reality. Is not What I get. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like perspective and truths, and who's telling? From whom? Whose perspective are you seeing this sort of? Yeah. Uh, truth or reality.
0: Exactly. Uh, and, with, and with that in mind, maybe there is some embellishment in the Mockingbird story.
3: But, yeah. Well, but it's I also a testament to his. In. Yeah. 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 To his acting ability as well you know i think that that's a, the main things that people don't recognize i mean i read a bunch of reviews and people are saying like just give him his oscar already <laughs> you know yeah. like people don't really realize like like how great of an actor he really was uh, one of the best of his generations you know and he, yeah. i kind of his career and his abilities have sort of been overlooked i think um, which is why this movie is sort of bringing to the fore all of these discussions but,
2: yeah, I think I know most from his um, films, David Lynch films he's in. So right. he's in Firewalk With Me, he's mm-hmm. in uh, Wild The Heart, uh, he's in The Straight Story and he's in The Twin Peaks The Return. And then David Lynch is in this as well, there's just mm-hmm. a kind of nice ro- working relationship they clearly had. And also he looks like a David Lynch character, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and acts like a David Lynch <laughs> character. Mm. Uh, not in a frightening way, but just in a kind of off-kilter, weird, middle and Amer- western American kind of way. Mm. Um, so let's move, move on to some of the sort of the side characters in the film because it has a lot of actors who are just kind of like, oh that guy, oh that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and David Lynch is the weirdest of all of them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how great an actor David Lynch is often. Uh, he was, he's obviously in Twin Peaks, but that kind of acting works very well in Twin Peaks. Uh, here, I don't know, it's a, weird, it's a weird choice to have him in the film. It's, yeah, it's odd.
1: I've, I've seen the film twice, Yeah. Uh, right? and the first time round I was like, "Ooh, yeah, that's like <laughs> not chiming as harmoniously yeah. as it does in something like Twin Peaks, yeah. maybe. But then this time, I think, I felt like those bar scenes which mm. he's exclusively in, because there's a bit straight after one of those scenes, which I'm not sure if we can talk about, but it's, it's like David Lynch just took over the crew. And just like, just took <laughs> yeah. over the set and was like, so suddenly we're into like surrealism. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, whoa, this is yeah. Lynch. So then, maybe on my second time, you fit in a bit much. Maybe I'm just trying to be kind to David Lynch. <laughs> I'm just getting <laughs> yeah, out of yeah, my
0: yeah. way. But I agree, because also there's, there's James Darren, is yeah. one of the guys in there who's like a lounge singer.
1: Mm. Yeah, like, mm. and That's he's right. a
0: musician, and that all oh, that feels like a very Lynch and yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. lounge singer, And he does yeah, that yeah. acting.
1: The weird, the weird way singers act yeah. <laughs> in mm. films, especially male singers of that yeah. age, it's like this yeah. strange way they all seem to act. Yeah, yeah. are you talking about the bit with the red light? Yes. Mm. It comes yeah. Really mm. lynchy yeah, yeah. Really Lynchian. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it stands out from the rest of the film yeah. because mm. it it does really go. I was expecting people. He's going to go down that staircase, and there's people talking backwards. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, exactly.
3: I think that that whole bar is a. Uh, Lynch in that way, like all of the all of yeah. the people people who uh, who exist there and that that world and just the stories they tell and the way they tell it is very uh, has that sort of uh, edge. But maybe uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. But I think that the film is also taking you through his career in a way. Mm. Like the 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 bar scene is sort of like his Lynch connections, and you know the desert scenes like from Vendors and his wandering travis mm. character that we're almost like seeing travis you know 40 years later mm. uh, or th- however many years it is it's almost like you're tr- you're tracking certain characters and things that he's been associated with mm. throughout his career in this film mm. um which might be a reason that it feels a bit different and weird <laughs> in, yeah. the bar, in the bar
1: can i say that i think one of the best stories in that bar is uh Complete exposition of the rules of deal or no deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <my ideas. laughs> and then Harry Dean says, Lucky says my opinion about it, which is convoluted, something, something.
3: And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then it's rubbish. Right. Like, yeah. like I have to wait a whole hour to see what yeah, he's yeah. trying <laughs> like, <laughs> to That's exactly what I thought.
1: I mean, yeah. watching old
3: Edmund. Like, oh, he's a surly character. Uh, the film
2: that I really found similar to this in a way was, um, is Patterson. From two years ago. Um, obviously, it's, you know, it has a lot of differences, but just this idea that you're just watching someone over the three days of their life mm-hmm. and there's no major incident. And without, you can't really spoil this film because <laughs> there's nothing really happens, but like, it's hard to work out how much the character has changed in those three days. I if they have it at all, I don't know.
3: I think he does. Patterson's
2: think. very much like, nothing changes, everything goes the same, yeah. it's just three days or th- however many days in this bus driver's life. And this, I don't know, what did you think? Do you think I there's think like a major like, sort of an arc as a change to him?
0: I do, I think Patterson is a great comparison piece to this, yeah. the, the, the pace and yeah. performance and setting and everything. I think it's a really good uh, comparison to make. But I do think Lucky goes through a very significant change
1: in this film that maybe I didn't see in Patterson mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he goes from uh, cynical nihilism to optimistic nihilism okay. yeah, so yeah nihilism's definitely realism. a word yeah, yeah so he starts with realism yeah. Yeah. and you, you touched on the subjectivity versus objectivity mm. thing and then at the end uh, not to spoil it but we get this like kind of an, uh, a poetic explanation of I think kind of optimistic Optimistic nihilism mm. of where it's like it all doesn't mean anything, so just make for it what you want. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. it's really nice. Well, is it, is it just smile. Yes, exactly. And that's story. what makes it such a touching <laughs> oh last film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: And then, he, and then
1: he lights up, right?
0: Up. He lights oh, up. Yeah. Of course, he does. And and light light him, a with film. an yeah, actual prepared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that that was a moving uh, like anecdote. Actually, the one in the in the diner where he meets his uh, uh, the marine uh, the marine. I don't. Tom Skerritt. Yeah, from Alien. You see, yeah. all yeah. throughout his career, yeah. they touching on uh, his past. Um, but yeah, um, I think that sort of also ch- starts to change. You know how he views things because that is also from that's a history telling being told from a different perspective as well. You know. Mm. Um, and I think that that's how his character sort of goes through this arc and, like, chooses to see maybe a different kind of realism that might exist at the same time, optimistic yeah. nihilism Because otherwise, why not? You know, if nothing matters, then why not <laughs> mm. try be mm. happy?
1: There's also, in those stories, I think what's really nice is the film is a collection of him telling stories or listening to stories, but mm. the writing really nicely then exposes a side of his character in an indirect way. And there was that one where he's talking about um the the suicide bomber coming in mm. and uh they talk about how it was a lucky shot that it didn't hit yeah, yeah. the boat and he says not for the suicide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, and then there's yeah. another time when he's talking <laughs> to the um, the life insurance salesman. To Ron Livingston. Yeah. Oh, yeah yes. And he says um and he says, you know, I'm preparing for my family to make sure that everything is fine when I go and everything. And he says, so um, it will all be in order and they don't have to worry about a thing. And he says, well, it won't make a difference to you. You'll be dead either way. And it was yeah. like this intensely selfish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, view. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. and looks at him and thinks, well, that's what someone who doesn't have a family would say. But you can see he doesn't want to say it. Mm, and he yeah. Just yeah. smiles. Exactly. It's a really nice moment. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's like part of his arc to that point at the end we were just referring to. Yeah, Yeah, I, I like the Ron Livingston character mm. quite a lot. This
0: idea of um, preparing for the end is yeah. what he t- describes it as, doesn't he? Mm. And he has... It's funny because he, Lucky is... He looks like he should be the most wise person in the room, but mm-hmm. in lots of ways Ron Livingston is the one with the wisdom about what's coming or the one who's accepted it more than Harry Dean yeah. Stanton, who claims he's accepting it all the way through. Mm. And he's, he says things like preparing for the unexpected and then Lucky will say, what's unexpected? Mm, I yeah, know yeah. this is happening. But he's actually the one who has yet to come to terms with what's happening. And Ron Livingston's uh, salesman character is is very gentle with him. And the, like you say, even when he's he sees that Lucky hasn't worked this out yet, he doesn't call him out on it he doesn't try and make it's him feel bad he says okay you'll get there <laughs> yeah yeah well
3: speaking of different perspectives you could also flip it around and and maybe he does have the wisdom because actually it doesn't matter like like the material yeah. things don't matter and like once you are gone you you are gone and i think but man i think that is definitely a perspective of someone who's lived alone his life mm-hmm. you know as the stoic character that doesn't have a family who and and because of that reason, you can be philosophical with him in that way. You know, you can think about things like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, he doesn't have anything to leave to anybody anyway. So why does he yeah. have to think about that perspective? Um, uh, whereas the sort of other flip side of that realism is, yeah, people with families have to, like, have their will and testament in order before they die. Da, 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 da. I think that, that for him it doesn't matter. Um, and it is a little bit sad in a way. It's like... Okay. You kind of do have to accept that at, in the end, you, you know, he says at one point in the movie, he's like, the most beautiful thing is that, uh, you know, you come into the world alone and you die alone. He thinks that that is the most beautiful mm. thing. That's his sort of worldview in my like opinion. All one. Yeah, exactly. All one. All yeah. one yeah. Alone. All yeah. yeah. And, he, and, uh, and he says, you know, there's a difference between uh, being alone and being lonely because uh, he chooses to be alone. Mm. Yeah.
0: Do you get a sense that he's... Kidding himself though, in order to deal with it. Yeah, and probably. All, and yeah, all of this. Yeah, definitely. Spiel is actually. Mm.
3: Yeah, his maybe. Way of a going reflection thing. on, on your yeah. life lived alone. Yeah, exactly. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's and because when the um, his, the dino waitress that comes and visits him. Yes, and mm. that's the one point where he says, I'm actually. Mm. I'm scared. Like, mm. that's maybe one of the only mm. times he sort of lets his, this. Like you said, it's not quite an axe, but a little bit of a shield. Yeah. He yeah, lets the yeah. shield down for that one little moment.
3: Yeah, it
2: becomes more vulnerable yeah. at that moment. So Jake, who uh, isn't here today, but he thinks Lucky is the tortoise. Like, there's a connection there. <laughs> uh, Kelly thinks Lucky is the cactus. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like looking at a self-portrait. Yeah. <laughs> is Lucky the tortoise or the cactus?
3: <laughs> well, my opinion is the cactus, obviously. <laughs> but
1: the cactus is surrounded by other cacti. Yes. Whereas he's not, the tortoise is alone. Yeah. No, the tortoise is alone.
0: But is surrounded, I mean, a
3: cactus stands alone. Stands alone, but is surrounded by other cacti that are in their own sort of spaces. True. So that's kind of like his community in the small town. Yes. You know? Like yes. these weird individual characters that are, you know, sort of s- circulate around him.
1: One thing I noticed on the second time is that and probably everyone noticed except me on the first time is that uh when he's looking at that cactus, he's looking at it where it sprouts the new yeah. one of on the yeah, top, yeah, you know, from yeah, it and yeah. the camera pans up to that and yeah. it's kind of this, I suppose, uh, a rebirth in a materialistic way kind of thing. And if you go back into the dust and you'll come back mm, up and yeah. um so yeah, I think he could be the tortoise. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You've convinced me. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
2: and there's a really great line about the tortoise that he, uh, is he he carries around the thing that protects him, but ultimately he's carrying around his coffin. Well, that's Lynch's yeah. like like, yeah. Howard or
3: whatever
2: his character's name. Such names. a Lynch speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: And the like fact that he's leave- like he's leaving everything to the tortoise, like
2: that's <laughs> why. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, I love when he accepts that the tortoise. Might not come back, but that's okay. <laughs> like, if he needs me, he knows where I am. And the music's really interesting in the film as well. Yeah, I think there's
0: some really interesting choices of music that sort almost slip under the radar because mm. a lot of them are in Spanish language, sung by like mariachi bands. Yeah, but. They're, definitely, they're obviously selected for a particular yeah. reason. The, uh, one of the first songs that Lucky wakes up to, his radio alarm goes off and then a song's playing, I mm. think, and it's called, I'm gonna try this, Con el tiempo y un canchito, which loosely translates to, with time and a little luck. When a Spanish person's in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 which uh, is a really nice way to introduce yeah. the character, and then we see, this idea of luck, obviously, his name is Lucky, but the idea of fate and luck returns constantly throughout mm-hmm. the film. Not only in the music, but also just people who are always saying things like "You're here through," like the doctor says, "You're here mm-hmm. through your genetic good luck," yeah, and you're a you're oh, one-time son, son of a bitch, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this constant recurrence of this theme that gets set up with that opening song, and then towards the end. Uh, when he's h- having his revelation and uh, he goes to a little birthday party and he s- breaks into song and he sings mm-hmm. Volver, Volver. Which I think is probably a minor reference to Paris, Texas in a way because Rikuda did a version of Volver, Volver in 77 mm-hmm. and obviously Rykuda did this score for Paris, mm-hmm. Texas. But that's an aside. Mm-hmm. But that kind of means, I think, again, to return, to return, mm-hmm. which feeds into what you're saying about the cactus maybe because yeah. this idea of uh, I'm I'm going to go but... I will never really go and that's particularly true for an actor who's mm. oh, exactly. permanently on screen We can always i mean you know we're watching this film mm. after harry dean stanton has gone mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah and um there's this also one final thing on the music there's this constant returning of a kind of harmonica version of when the saints go mm. marching in which is ever so slightly Odd because I feel like he's positioned as something of an atheist, whereas this this is obviously a song about going to heaven, but even so, it's a really nice Mm. returning
1: kind of theme that comes through. There's the Johnny Cash songs, yeah, Yeah. and that's seen as his music, especially those albums, are seen as swan songs in themselves. Yeah, some of the greatest that music's ever given us, and so it was an interesting choice to have that, yeah.
2: Um, especially since it wasn't meant to be a swan song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we haven't spoken about the fact that it's directed by uh, John Carroll Lynch, uh, who's one of these actors that you just kind of... Another, another one. another one is like, oh, that guy who was in a... Uh, <laughs> uh, he's a, he's um, Marge Anderson's husband in Fargo. Yeah. Um, and he's the... Well, maybe he's the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. In Zodiac. yeah. Uh, he's Twisty the Clown in American Horror Story. Um, how do you think he did for his first directing gig? I thought it was pretty damn good. I think it's really brilliant. Yes. I mean, it's a collection of,
0: of homages to Harry Dean Stanton's past career, but it doesn't feel overtly like that. It's really subtle. and. Mm. It's a very, really a lovely film, and he's he has a voice part in it, doesn't he? Oh, does he? He's on the he's the voice of the ad advert when uh, uh, yeah. watching oh, the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. I can't remember what he's selling. Um, it's something. It's, it's relevant, but I forget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. I think it, you, there's a, a a noticeable lack of ego. I think in this film with him, mm. I think that he he does. It's almost is like you know. It's full in service to his material. Yeah, uh, and you can feel it. But even though he—he, he, it's very like—he's uh, definitely got a vision, and he executes it really, really brilliantly. It is subtle. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, he did a great job. I
2: think he just told Harry in Staten, "Just do what you want." <laughs> yeah, oh, and yeah, hand my camera too. there. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Yeah, mm. or David Lynch at one point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah uh, you've also got Beth Grant as uh, the owner of the bar. Uh, she's. For me, she'll always be the teacher from Donnie Darko. Yes. Sparkle, yeah. Motion. Sparkle yeah. motion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we've mentioned Tom Skerritt. Ed Begley Jr. is the doctor who is uh, Stan Sitwell, the hell is freak. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has he got the stuck on eyebrows that go <laughs> up <laughs> to <through> his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the fact that John Carroll Lynch is kind of one of these like weird character actors and everyone in the film is also a slightly weird character yeah. actor. The, the film is a kind of love letter to... To weird character actors in a way yeah. that they're finally getting their dues on screen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would feel weird if there was a, uh, like a headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, there. You know, it's got to be all those people. You're like, oh, I've seen him in blah blah blah. Yeah, like, yeah. and they they all like they all hang out in that lynching bar together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so. W- yeah, I think that was I would imagine that's intentional. Yeah, definitely. Mm. They must have a society, a club in
2: Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. John Carroll Lynch has got a head that'll so yeah. be well, the, vice the, president. The Sealist Club. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um okay, does anyone have any final thoughts then on Lucky? Um I think we can all agree it's a pretty it's a pretty special film actually, and it's so unassuming and laid back and you know, I think You've said it a few times, Mark, that you've noticed things on like second viewing. Mm. I think it's one of those things where it's so like so really sort of chilled out that it takes a while for you to for it to sink in. And you realise how how really great it is and how sort of, poignant it is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
2: Second viewing for me was by
0: far better than the yeah. first viewing because I suppose it's because you know what to expect. Yeah. And you're expecting a lot more from it, I think, the first time round. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Once you accept that it is. It is what it is. It suddenly opens up, and you see all the detail and everything that's in it. And
3: it's a great metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly. Yes. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. The first watch just takes you on this journey. Yeah. Uh, and the second is like, oh, that happened. It's almost like yeah. a reflection of some yeah. time that's gone by already.
2: Yeah. And it ends with uh, the lead character looking at the camera, which one that happened in The Revenant, I think the whole cinema went, oh. <laughs> exactly. oh. But when it happens here, it's just very oh, it much, feels right. the, it feels perfect. perfect I think someone needs to make
1: a super cut of film's ending yeah. with a fourth wall break. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, see how exactly. many there is. <laughs> if only he winked, it would have been better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so that is Lucky, uh, which is out in cinemas today and is available on Curzon Home Cinema. Uh, you can also catch a new Cozen Home my Collection called American Independence uh, and that includes Paris, Texas Patterson uh, Appropriate Behavior which is directed by Desiree Akavan who's directed The Education at Camera Post which we spoke about in last week's podcast uh, The Florida Project uh, Reservoir Dogs Heathers and several others so do check that out if you're in the mood for these kind of weird slow American movies uh, so that's Goodbye from Mob Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye
3: from Ron. Goodbye. And goodbye
1: from Kirby. Bye-bye. See you Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.